Standard disclaimer. Always Never Right is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guiltiest sin assholes. With that in mind, on to our show. Welcome. Well, yeah. Take two. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I am Jillian Farrell. And I am Gina Biggs. This is always never right. Because she's always right. And, and she's I'm... never right. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Sometimes she's right, but it's pretty unusual and it's not really about anything that matters Uh, and it's and it's usually about other people and not myself that's a true story yeah yeah so and if you're playing a drinking game with us true story is the free bingo spot there you go yeah there we go you will hold your true story a couple times an episode that's okay so jillian what's our drink for this week this week we're having a beautiful kentucky mule it's made with bourbon. It's made with usually a ginger simple syrup and then with ginger beer. It's a really nice light drink. This will probably be the third of our four drinks. We're doing a month long series of bourbons this time. We've got one more bourbon drink to do. And, and so this is our third bourbon drink. We hope you enjoy it. Um, it always is finished off with a little squeeze of lime. I will say that we love the Barsmith simple syrup. It's a ginger and honey syrup Mm. and it's amazeballs. So I always use that. Use two ounces of whatever bourbon or whiskey you like. You use one ounce of the Barsmith simple syrup, um, the the ginger syrup, sorry. And then you (laughs) mix that all together in your little cocktail shaker, shake it up. Pour it in your glass over a beautiful piece of ice. I will say that we have this beautiful, really bougie ice from Howard and Sons here in the Dallas area that is fantastic. It's hand-cut lock ice, and it's wonderful for cocktails because it's crystal clear. You put it in your cup and pour your cocktail over the top, and it turns into this beautiful, clear block of beautifulness. And the nice thing about clear ice is it melts a lot slower than other ice, so it doesn't water your drink down quite as fast, which is nice. I have learned so much from Jillian and I've been tempted to replicate this on my own since we do not have bougie ice in the St. Louis metro area. You can make it yourself. It's There's a process called directional freezing. You can <laughs> get these things that will do that for you where you pour the, the water in and it goes down and it freezes um, the bottom, freezes the top first, and then it forces all the impurities in the water down to the bottom of the ice. And so it freezes it in two parts. So you can actually get those things. You can get them on Amazon. I think it's like Tuvolo or something like that, Tavolo. But um, I prefer the Howard and Sons because it's wonderful. And they deliver it, which is fantastic. 
Nice. I think they are wonderful and they're my new friends. Okay. Cool. I'm glad you have found love. I have found love. I like that I can see my cup and I can see all the way down to like the markings on the bottom. And I think that's really cool. And it's crystal clear and it looks like a TV. (laughs) That's awesome. I was, uh, we have to record from two separate cities, so I am not as um, bougie as Chilean, and I use Diet Schweppes ginger ale. <laughs> but I did use Angel's Envy, which is getting a second shout out this episode. Yeah, <sighs> Angel's Envy is the bomb.com. It yeah. Really is. yeah. Uh, I used E.H. Taylor whiskey tonight. I did not use a rye. I used a regular whiskey. And it's delicious also, Um, but you can use pretty much whichever bourbon or whiskey you choose to make a Kentucky Mule. The reason we chose this drink is tonight we're going to talk about our exes. Oh, and and I I probably should have poured a double for this one. Yeah, I think that would have been appropriate. Yours is... I would say yours is arguably way worse than mine. I think he definitely has more issues. Your ex's issues are far more simplified and crystallized into a subset of egotism, whereas my ex's issues are quite far-reaching and varied. Your your ex has issues about almost everything, but I think we should include not just ex-husbands, I think we should also include ex-boyfriends. Oh, Lord. That opens up a whole you know, other vault, doesn't it? We kind of, uh, I don't know that we got it on on the recording, but we did talk just a little bit about stalkers. You remember, yes. We yes. weren't sure we wanted to include the cities where we were, but since I'm giving a shout out to Howard and Sons Ice and they're only in the Dallas metro area, um, I thought it was important that we go ahead and, and do that and we sort of were joking that we wouldn't get stalkers from that, but um, Gina is old hat at stalkers because she had a quite the ex-boyfriend stalker there for a while that was not like the dangerous kind. We can joke about it a little bit, and, and actually if you have a stalker or have been stalked, it can be terrifying and it can be very, very dangerous, and, and we encourage you to Um, Reach out to your local law enforcement. There are laws in place now um, that weren't there 10 years ago. But um, there are also some times when it isn't dangerous and it's just sad and pathetic and a little bit funny. Yeah, but don't take chances. No. Because you never know what could happen. I don't remember if I told you, actually, I've had two stalkers. I only have one. Probably one. Okay, so who should start first with the um, exes? Mine was really mild. Mine was really mild. He was just a guy that I dated a couple of times. And he just only ever got to the point, like, literally, I maybe went out. I went out to coffee with him. And, like, right after that, he was pretty well set on, well, maybe I should meet his parents. It was a, it was around the holidays. And he was like, well, maybe I should meet his parents. Could I come over for Christmas? And, you know, really have Christmas with his family. And I'm like, I think it's a little soon for that. I'm going to pass. And he's like, well, but I thought we wanted the same things. Uh, well, maybe, but now that's a little fast. We just had coffee. So then I got creeped out and I made my friend 
Kyle come and sleep over at my house. And so oh, he did. the Kyle who dressed up like a priest at Halloween? Nope, not that Kyle. Not that Kyle. Different Kyle. Okay, sorry. No, not Molly Molly. There are a oh, <laughs> there are a lot of Kyles in our generation. Have you seen so. Kyle? He's about this high. <laughs> no, not that Kyle. Anyway, uh, Kyle that was the cheerleader. Ah, okay, gotcha. That Kyle. That Kyle. The great big cowboy cheerleader. <laughs> Yeah. There are so many. Okay, so, okay. So that was my, so he came over and, and, and stayed with me and, and my stalker eventually got the, got the picture that he moved a little too fast for me and okay. went away. So that was cool. That is good. That is good. Oh my goodness. How old were you when that happened? I was like 24, 25, something like that. It was creepy. Uh, I was living... Is- I was living in that capital city where we met. Ah, okay. Okay. Oh, funny. Wow. That That's an interesting stalker. Let's so. talk about your, your main one, the one that I was friends with. Ah, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I never, I swear to God, I never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. Because it was... <laughs> I love the way you're laughing right now because you're like, yeah. Now this and this is someone I dated. <laughs> I dated for several years, many many years, um, and uh, he was kind of my safe space. Like when I was with him, other people <laughs> didn't bother me. Values of safe. <laughs> I know. You know, I had to redefine safe as life went on, um, and it was funny when when the purported incident happened. Um, I was actually divorced from the one ex, which we'll discuss later, and um, had begun dating John the Brit, whom Jillian introduced me to. And uh, we had just, I had reconnected with Stalker 2. I'll just give him that designation because that'll help me remember easier. Uh, I had reconnected with Stalker 2 on what I thought was purely a friend basis. And was starting to go to lunch with people I call I uh, had that we had mutual friends with in college. I could reconnect with those folks again. I brought Jillian into the group, and she was she helped stalker too in a business context, um, all kinds of stuff. And I thought everything was going just fine until I announced at lunch one day that I was engaged, and um, I was about to go on a trip for work. And this was um, still post 9-11, but pre a lot of other stuff, Um, you know, when the TSA was getting a little more built up and airports were watching things a little more closely. I had a work trip to go on. And um, I had mentioned this work trip at the same lunch where I mentioned I was now engaged to John the Brit. And... Um, I had a comedy of errors that morning at work. I was supposed to have a rental car to take to the airport, but someone else took the rental car out of the parking lot without telling me. And my car, I didn't know for sure would make it all the way to the airport. And it was just a giant train wreck. So long story short, I missed my plane because I got to the airport too late, got rescheduled for another flight. Um, the people at the flight, we fix you upper desk. Um, got me, (laughs) I know 
I thought they had a third of my drink. This is a this is turning it's into a trend. Upper desk. Yeah, at the fixture upper desk. They're like, okay, well, here's when your next flight goes out. So why don't you go sit and then you'll go through security and everything because at this particular airport is a pain in the neck to go through security first. And so I just was like, fine. So I went and I sat in the area and then all of a sudden I saw this familiar person walk in. I'm like, oh, hey, it's Stalker too. That's weird. He comes right over to me and I'm like, oh, you got a flight out? And he's like, nope. Oh, what are you doing here? Well, I remember you said you were flying to such and such city, so I just drove back and forth for every terminal that had flights out to that city until I finally found you. And I'm sitting here going, what the flying fuck? That's not weird at all. Not weird at all. And then he um, proceeded to talk to me about how I should not marry John the Brit because maybe I should go back to him. And he, uh, and granted, this is years and years ago. So I don't remember specifics on anything, but it it ended with him said giving me two or three years worth of journals um, of his thoughts since we broke up and through my first marriage and when he found out I was available again. It it was he's like you have to read these and I'm like I really don't have to read these. Um, In fact, I think I won't because you. I know. I finally took them just because he promised if I took them, he would leave. And I put them in my bag and I kept them around for a while. Then I mailed them back. Um, and I, I went so far as to go to a post box in a town an hour away from where I was living because I moved in the interim and I didn't know want him to know where I was now living. And I wanted the postmark to be from a completely different city and it just freaked me the fuck out. And wait, and yet when I talk to some people, they're like, Oh, what a romantic gesture. And I'm like, no, it's not romantic. It's It's attention. It's creepy. It's attention. I do not want. This is not romantic. This is not going to win me. I don't know why people think that's only romantic in movies where people have no common fucking sense. So yeah. (laughs) Well, in the movies, it works. Yeah, and in the movies, it pisses me off. <laughs> so, well, it does now, but did you used to like it in the movies? Um, no, I remember actually thinking in Love Actually, that whole scene with the cards. With the cards? I thought that was creepy as fuck. Yeah, I thought it was weird, too. Yeah, like, why is this a good thing? She just got married. Why is he harassing her? That's right? dumb. Why, why would you do that? That's awful. That's an awful yeah. thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's that. Plus, I've been stalked before. Stalker one, who um, went nuts when he went to college and like was the getaway driver in a liquor store robbery, apparently. And so That's I broke fun. up with him. I used to really pick him, um, which is why I no longer pick him. And Jillian does. Um, <laughs> this is why we're called always never right. That's right, because I'm never right. Um, but yeah, that was like, he robbed a liquor store, so I dropped him, and then he called me all the damn time, and then he would drive up in front of the sorority I was living in, and I actually had one of my friends smuggle me out in her car, and I ducked under the dashboard to get me to my sister's house so I could hide out for a few days. It was That's, fucking ridiculous. That feels really extra dramatic. I know. Yeah, I was probably overreacting, but at the same time, I was so done. So... I get that. Like, no means no, man. I don't want to see you. I don't want to fucking see you. So, yeah. Anyway, so those so were the gone. so those are the creepier exes. 
<laughs> for the super creepies. Indeed. Oh, I did have another stalker. I remember in college I did. Did you? Do tell. One time I had gone out and, okay, so I lived in a dorm and I lived on the ground floor where there was actually, it was a dorm that was three separate buildings and I lived on the ground floor of the main building. So there were only four rooms on the ground floor. It was my room, me and my roommate and the girls who lived in the next part of the suite. So we shared a bathroom with them. Then across the hall, there was two girls and there was nobody in the other room. And then the rest of that floor was the lobby. So we had kind of an ideal setup. It was really just three rooms. Two of the girls were almost never there. So it was just basically me and my roommate and the two that shared the the suite with us. Um, And one night everybody had gone out and I went out with another friend and we decided we would try some illicit substances. Okay. And I didn't really want to have a really bad trip and I was afraid I would. So I had gone back to the room. Um, didn't want to get like, I had heard all these stories about people who tried things and they would like envision like bugs under their skin or something like that. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to have anything like that happen. I was a little freaked out by it. So in order to get into the room after a certain time, you had to knock on the main door and then whoever was the attendant at that time would let you into your building happened to be my building was the main door. So I would just knock on the main door. They'd let me in and I'd go to my room, but I didn't want to go to my room at the time because bugs under your skin. Uh, Understandable. So I just sat there and it happened to be this dude. I don't even remember his name was. So I just sat there and talked to him for a while and we watched whatever was on TV. And then I went to my room eventually as I sort of came down a little bit, probably like a couple hours, you know, just normal, whatever. He was always, he was there on, he was like the Friday night dude. All good. Whatever. Then they closed our dorm down. They were going to tear it down. So they closed our dorm and they moved all of us to other dorms, just like random places. And he started showing up at the dorm where I lived. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He just got a job at that dorm. But he ended up getting a job with the campus police. So that was fine. And then I started seeing him sort of like when I would be at the library studying, he would be there. And I was in an acting class and I had a, a session with like an acting partner for an assignment. Mm hmm. And we agreed to just meet at the library and they had little rooms you could go in and rehearse or whatever. So we went in to rehearse this scene and we did it. And then he walked me partway home and he left in his car and I just continued walking towards my dorm. And he told me the next day that as he was leaving, this guy confronted him and asked what he was doing with me. And he said, it was just, you know, we were just doing homework and the guy warned him off. Holy hell, really? Yeah. And Dude. then, and then, and then, gifts started showing up at my dorm. Oh my god, that was creepy. So, uh, I told the dorm people that I didn't want the gifts, and I didn't. Mm want him to come to the dorm anymore and they said that he wouldn't 
Uh, they would make sure that he wasn't assigned there. And I said, okay. And then, so the guy and I had gone back to the library again and he was waiting by the guy's car when the guy left. Oh my god! And the guy saw him there and he turned around and he left and he called campus police and the campus police um, got a hold of the, the stalker dude uh-huh. and called him back to the office, but he didn't go. Oh. And so campus police actually had to come and get him and make him not bother my friend. And so he told the campus police then that he was only trying to protect me. Oh and my like, gosh. Nope. So no. the campus police fired him and then he got um, kicked out of school. Good. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude, you know, maybe the focus of this should shift a little bit to why do men feel like they're entitled to women? I don't know. I don't even understand why you would want somebody who doesn't want you. I know. It's it's ridiculous, and it reduces us to property, which is always something that pisses me off. Well, but women do it, too. Think about how many women go nuts when some dude breaks up with them and they get all up in that other girl's face the next time the guy has a girlfriend and they're like, he's not your man, blah, 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 whatever. Why would you want somebody who doesn't want you? That's true. I don't want just men. That is very true. It's not just men. It's dumb as fuck. I don't understand. It's because, not even logical. No, because why? I mean, you're exactly right. Why would you want someone who didn't want you? It just makes no sense. Because you're not yeah. going to get anything out of it. No, like, why would you even? And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that don't make sense. Like, think about the people who would like kill somebody instead of just divorcing them. I know. But you could just divorce them and that would be so much easier. Yeah, I know. And a lot less cost in the, at the end of the day because you aren't losing your freedom. Um, and they aren't losing their lives, which is an inherently disrespectful thing. And holy crap, I sound so stupid right now. Well, I suppose losing their lives, nobody really gives a shit at that point. Like the person who's doing that obviously doesn't care about that disrespectful part. Sure. So I don't know that you could make that argument. I mean, for us, that's a logical argument. True. But I admit there were times when I was going through the divorce where I thought to myself that if Stick died, it would just be easier for everybody. It wasn't necessarily mm. that I was wishing something bad on him. And it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to kill him because it didn't. Mm. I just thought, first of all, it would save Millie from having to learn later on all of the bad things, all of the reasons mm. behind it, you know, then I could just let her go on thinking that he was a wonderful dad who loved her and that she yeah. always would have had two, you know, after T came along that she would have had two dads who loved her forever and who were wonderful and who took care of her and who valued her mm. as it is. She's having to learn the hard way, but she only has one dad who values her mm. one dad who cares about her, you know, so try to tell her that, you know, stick, loves her the best he can love anybody yeah okay there yeah i'm completely pulled back around because i get that i totally get that that is hard it's hard when your kid has to grow up a lot quicker than you did yeah it's not fair it isn't but 
it would have been harder if I'd stayed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And worse mm. for everybody. Yeah. And I, I wish that the men we did, that we divorced understood that better rather than took it personally. I mean, it was personal. Inherently, it's personal. Mm. But we can't stick around when certain shit is going down because we're, it means we're inherently modeling bad behaviors and bad life choices to our children. And we cannot do that. You know, though, I had less, I suppose, cause than you had. You had real reasons for getting divorced. My reasons for getting divorced were so much more amorphous than yours. But still totally valid. Yeah. I mean, he was not valuing you. He was not valuing your daughter. And it very much mattered that she understood growing up that she had inherent worth and that you had inherent worth. Yeah. And he was not acknowledging it. It's not okay to be ignored. It's not okay to be with somebody who ignores you. Exactly. That said, I will admit that my uh, douchebag was a shit show. Oh, Uh, God. There's There's so, so many issues. So much to unpack with yours. Oh, that could be like a 10 part series. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure we'll revisit him several times. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still in awe. I I will grant the guy was fucking good looking. And that's what hooked me. Plus he was funny. Two things. He was very funny. He's very funny. And he was, was good looking. Yeah. He is no longer good looking. No, he's not. And I got to admit, I really enjoy that because I'm petty <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> I like it too. He really yeah. was good looking though. I mean, he was really handsome and he had those really nice blue eyes. Oh, he was funny. And the strong jawline. You know, we used to have such a fun time, the three of us, just sitting around talking about stuff. We used to have the best time. I know, we really did. Remember our TV series we were going to (laughs) write? Oh my gosh, the TV series. That's right. Oh my gosh. I had forgotten about that. Funny. It would have been funny. It would have been damn good. Um, But yeah, because you two both used to do stand-up, which I thought was phenomenal because I was too chicken shit to ever dream of doing that at that point in my life. (laughs) So. Would have been good. Yeah. It would have been but good. then he turned <laughs> into a complete, like, what the actual fuck happened to you? I know. I don't know how he crossed over to the dark side so quickly. I don't either. Because at, at the, in the beginning, I did love him. He was funny. He was amazing. He was, he was kind. He was kind. He had a good heart. He wanted to do all the right things for the right reasons. And it, it just kind of seemed to shift over time. But... There were so many lies and so much gaslighting because for years I bought, I was married to the douchebag for over five years. And for years of that, I believed all the stuff he fed me because I wanted to, because I didn't want to accept that the reality was not what I hoped it would be. So really only five years. Um, yeah, technically six, but really only technically six. It felt like 40. That's not very long. It's not very long. I smartened up fast. But, it feels uh, like way longer than that. Oh, my Lord. During the time, it felt like a fucking hell of a lot longer than that. 
Um, but yeah, he, uh, I mean, he would sit there and tell me when I would find alcohol stashed in certain places and no, I hadn't seen them there before. Cause we lived in a very small place and I was yeah. looking for something for a friend of mine who had died that I'd gone to college with. And I was looking for a picture and I knew for a fact there was no beer in this box I was looking in and I pulled the box down and there was beer in it and I confronted him about it and he goes, well, you must have not seen it the first time. And I really wanted to believe, yeah, I probably didn't actually see it the first time, but I knew better. I fucking knew better. So it's easy to be gaslit when you really want to do believe the best in person in a person. I hope that makes sense. It does, I guess. I just... When enough of it racks up, though, you get the fuck out. I guess I just... I, I You're a better person than I am. I don't believe... I, I mean, I believe people. I like to believe, and I guess this goes into our HR episode that we're going to do at some point, but mm. I, I have this happen at work, you know, where I have discussions with people and I ask them, so what's going on? What is this about? And they tell me, and I want to believe them. I want to believe the best. But I look at the evidence, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's right. Mm. You know, and you can tell me that all you want. But mm -hmm. I look around, and I look at what's really showing me the truth, and I just can't. I just can't. And that's good. Some people, um, and I'll admit people like me are probably more vulnerable because you, you don't suffer fools and oh. <laughs> no, and I will give people chance after chance after chance until I finally hit the point where I sometimes explosively go, no fucking way I'm done. Um, okay. Did you just bash your teeth? <laughs> bash my teeth with the glass. I was trying to push the, the, ice, the beautiful ice cube down so it didn't bonk me in the face. Ah, okay. It was a thing of beauty to watch. So instead, I bonked myself in the face with the glass. You know, at least you didn't give yourself whiplash standing up too fast. But, um, uh, not. okay, which anyway, I will so discuss at another point. So you believe. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think when you really want something to be a certain way, a confirmation bias, right? You really want something to be a certain way, so you will take it at face value. Uh, but there does come a point where that all ends. I guess so, I don't have that confirmation bias. I mean, I try very hard to be objective about things, you know? Yeah. I, I, I believe, But I believe people. I want to believe people. And I want to believe the best in people. I really do. And I tend to be kind of naive about stuff. Like, I totally trust people until they give me a reason not to. Mm. And, you know, and I think, honestly, I wish that's the way the world was. And that's kind of what, you know, it's funny, I like to say my heart has hardened since my divorce, and I'm much more pragmatic. But honestly, it's more I trust people until they give me a reason not to. It took me years to work up to your position, which I think is a good optimistic position to have and what I wish everyone had in the world. Cause, oh my gosh, I'm fucking Pollyannying all over this now. But, um, I wish we did have that ability to just go, okay, this is what it is until I find proof that it's not. But in my prior case, I used to have to have proof five or six times until I finally believed it wasn't. So yeah. I'm not as naive as I used to be, I guess. One time Millie had gone over to some friend's house 
and they were mean to her. Ugh. And she was feeling really frustrated and really sad. And she came home and she's like, I don't want to go play with those girls anymore. Cause they're not nice. And I mm-hmm. said, well, you know, some, and she told me what was happening and, and it wasn't, she said, they're being bullies and they weren't actually being bullies. Mm-hmm. They were just being kids, you know, and she was just taking it too hard and too personally. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, um, you know, sometimes they're not being mean. They're not being not nice. You're just being a little bit too sensitive and you just have to, you know, be a little bit more, um, you just have to understand a little bit more that sometimes people are like that and just be a little bit harder and and not worry so much about it. So the next day she went to play, she wanted to go play with her friends. And I said, I thought she didn't want to play with those girls anymore because they were bullies. And she said, Oh, I grew skin around my heart. Oh, and it just about broke my heart to hear that. Yeah. But that's kind of the message I was giving to her. And at the same time, it's not the message I wanted for her. You know, that's not the world I want her to live in where she has to put skin around her heart. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's but unfortunately, just... that's where we are. It is where we are and it sucks. And I wish it didn't have to be that way. I really wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish we really could just believe the best about people at all times and be fucking right. I think that, especially with people we love, Mm. we tend to bend over backwards to um, grant them the same... I guess we look at them the same way we look at ourselves and we imbue the same properties, I'll say, mm-hmm. in them that we value in ourselves. If we believe that we're honest and true and faithful and just and kind, then we see those same properties in those that we love. Mm-hmm. I know that Millie still 100% believes that everyone she loves is beautiful. Aww. Everyone she loves, she will say, she's so pretty, or he's so handsome, or Aww. just love being around them because they're so funny. Yeah. All the things that she loves, all the people that she loves are beautiful and handsome and funny and kind. And that's what she sees in them. That's so sweet. You know, I, I feel bad because Nina's 19 now. And, you know, she's the daughter I had with Douchebag. I mean, you know, I struggled with not flat out telling her, you know, your dad's an asshole. Oh, yeah. Because you can't you can't tell that to a kid because they personalize it at, at that Absolutely. age. Um, but it breaks my heart that she's only 19 years old and she's still like, why doesn't douchebag love me as much as John the Brit does? And why can't douchebags family cut me the same slack um, that they do other people? And why, you know, she yeah. and her, the thing she clings to is at least they're raising my little sister. Right. And that breaks my fucking heart that that's where she is. Yeah, that sucks. But you know, Millie was telling me the other day that when she went up to Stick's house, Mm-hmm. There are pictures around of Stick and his wife, who I really like, mm-hmm. and her kid, and her kid's friends 
around the house. And, and not Millie. There, there's a few pictures of Millie, but she said that she turned all of her pictures around and she turned them around the last time she was there. When she went there the next time, they were still turned around like nobody had noticed. It breaks your heart when you see your kid begin to wake up to the world. Yeah. I didn't have to wake up to the world till I was 27. Yeah. And our kids have had to do it earlier. Yep. And you don't want that. You don't want them to have to deal with that. But I take heart in the fact that she only has to do it for a few more years. I mean, she's 13 now. She only has to do it till she's 18. And then she can cut him out if she wants. She doesn't have to deal with him. And if she doesn't want to, then I will continue to help her adjust. And I will continue to help her see how she fits into that family. And, and as much as I love the new wife, I think some of the problems come from her because she's working to try to integrate the two families and just doesn't know how to do it, especially mm-hmm. with Millie not being there very often. You know what, though? I admire that she's actually trying to integrate to the two families. Yeah. Um, as as much as I like Douchebag's new wife, which I really do, I have a lot of respect to for her um, secondarily. She's made no effort to integrate the oh, two families. Yeah. And that has lost me some of the respect I've gained. Yeah, I will. I would take if douche, if uh, Stick died mm-hmm. and new wife wanted to still continue to see Millie occasionally, I would absolutely make that happen. Yeah. And that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, I think I told you I tried when douchebag left the country for a period. Mm-hmm. Um, I emailed his uh, mother. Yep. And said, even though douchebag, <laughs> obviously I didn't use that phrase, but, but even though douchebag is not in the country, if you want to see Nina, I will make sure she comes to see you. The only response I got was, okay, thank you. And I never got any, any, like, we have yeah, that? let's make that happen or anything like that. Right. I mean, that was it. Well, after the divorce, I sent, um, a Christmas card to Stick's family. Mm-hmm. That was a picture of Millie. That's all it was. And it said, Merry Christmas. And it was basically just like a really basic Christmas card with a really beautiful picture of Millie. Mm-hmm. And they were like, tell her not to send us Christmas cards anymore. Oh, my Lord. Really? Yeah. I don't think you ever told me that. Holy shit. Yep. But they continued to send my mom Christmas cards. Oh, your mom's a whole other episode. And I'm like, oh, fuck all that. Y'all are stupid asshole. That's ridiculous. And Millie told me that um, when she would go up there, they would say bad things about me. Seriously? Yep. Oh, that's so wrong. I knew they were. I knew they would be. I actually had a talk with my family about, I know he's a douchebag, but do not talk bad about douchebag in front of Nina. And they didn't. I had a talk with my parents about that too. But of course, that wasn't really a problem because they still loved him. And I had a conversation with them about, look, we're not inviting him to shit anymore. I don't care if he's her dad. Which boggles my mind to this day. I told you that when I told my mom that I was going to divorce him and I just needed her support, she said, I just don't know if I can support you right now because I need time to grieve this relationship. Which is, it's not okay. it's all about her. What the 
just drives me nuts. It's not about her. It's about you. You support your fucking child. Everything's about her. Everything on the planet is about her. Borrow my mom. Seriously, my mom loves you. Borrow my mom anytime you need actual unconditional love. (laughs) Yeah, I've gotten to a point with mine where she just wants to blurg all that stuff on me. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go. Good. We went to Millie's birthday party one time and my mom sat in the back seat as we were driving to her birthday. It was just like us going to dinner. She sat in the backseat the whole way there and talked about how her parents never threw her a birthday party and her mom would never let her braid her hair. (laughs) And now my mom is an old lady and has long hair and she braids it because she was never allowed to have braids when she was little. And I'm like, oh, my God. And how old is your mom now? 80. 80. Shit. Yeah. You you know what, though? A part of me wants to go 80 years old and braiding your hair. Do it if you want to. Another part of me is like, if that's why you're doing it, though, that's fucked right. up. You're kind of like 50-50 on that. On one hand, go you. On the other hand, what the actual fuck is wrong with you? My mom was mom. actually a really good mom when we were growing up. She's just less good mom now. Your mom had a complete personality change. I think she's just, I think it's in, I think it's that she's in so much pain, both emotionally and physically, that she just can't. I think she's just can't wow. even but um, but here's the thing i mean my mom had a shitty upbringing which by the way my mom had her own stalkers i'll have to tell you about that sometime matter of fact the Ew. first guy who proposed to my mom my I mom did i say about that that the when she met his wife later he looked exactly like her and even styled her hair the same way fucking freaky um kind of like stick right Kind of like Stick. Oh my gosh, that's right. Because, okay, Stick's second wife looks like a Walmart version of Jillian. Um, I'm sure she's lovely, but she looks like a Walmart version of Jillian's Nordstrom. Um, <laughs> and my uh, John, John the Brit actually said the first time he saw a picture of her, he goes, holy hell, did he hand her Jillian's wedding dress and go, here, wear this. (laughs) (laughs) It was freaky as fuck. Well, the Um, weird thing is, I even kind of look like the girl he loved in high school, like the girl he had like the massive crush on in high school. I look kind of like her. And I even noticed that she came to our wedding. And I noticed, I was like, I don't remember her at your wedding. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull up a picture and show you. Yeah, I want to see that because douchebag came to your wedding, which I just want to say this for the listeners. One of the things that cracked me up the most was when we left Jillian's wedding. It was a Unitarian wedding. But as we were leaving, he goes, wow, that was the strangest wedding I've ever been to. They didn't mention God once. And I just was looking at him like, do you not fucking know what a Unitarian is? But anyway. (laughs) That's a whole other issue. Um, Oh, but what I was originally saying, I'm sorry, I'm getting back to that. What your mom needs to do, what my mom did is my mom had a shitty mom, as we all know. And um, uh, what my mom did was make the deliberate choice to be a different kind of mother. And my mom was an amazing mom growing up. I mean, even when she was tired, she found ways to, holy shit, that's a picture of Stick's crush. That's a picture of Stick's crush. 
Holy fuck. Okay, she's like a, a Dillard's version of your Nordstrom. She's like a Stepford wife version, right? But you see the similarities. I see the similarities. Although I got to admit, she's got kind of crazy eyes in those picture. I in that picture. The, I think it's the picture. I think it's the it's, picture. She kind of looks like, hi, I want to sell you a fucking house. There she is. And there she is in high school. Holy fuck. The high school picture. Oh, and the guy to her left looks like um, douchebag. It's not. It's not. Wow. That's crazy as fuck. Dude, yeah, your stick definitely has a type. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm all least. No, but you, in any case, okay, back to the, your mom could have made the little bit choice to be the type of person she wanted to be rather than. She, I think she did when we were younger. Really? She was a good mom yeah. when we were younger. She just is very caught up in herself right now. And that's it. I mean, I know you all, we all have to have me time. There's a difference between me time and me, the world. Yeah. Everything is about me. Yeah. That's one thing your mom and douchebag have in common. And stick. And it's stick. It's all, all them, all the time. Maybe that's well, why your mom likes about, stick. Well, stick is about himself. You know, the things that, the reasons I left stick were, were fairly blatant one everything stick wanted was okay everything i wanted we couldn't deal with i had cancer we got money from aflac i wanted to buy myself a little laptop so when i was helping millie she was she was a baby at the time and so if i would sit upstairs i could still like surf the web or something like that and she could see me from her bed i would sit in my room and watch TV or something like that. And I could still sit and surf the web. And he's like, well, we can't really afford that right now. And then when he realized that if we bought a laptop, he could use it if he traveled for work, he's like, oh, but I could travel for work and I could use it. And so we could get one. So as soon as he used, he realized he could use it, we could afford one. But when it was just for me, we couldn't. Mm. So that was kind of the final straw. It was just, that was sort of emblematic of the whole thing. Well, that Uh, and him ignoring your daughter in trauma. Yeah. There were several, several instances, one in particular that I had told Gina about where um, he actually, I was making dinner and I had my hands all covered in like dumpling dough. I was making chicken with dumplings and oh, they were so good. Um, Stick was sitting on the couch messing with his Blackberry or whatever. And uh, Millie was probably just over one, no, around two, and was in baby jail. We had our whole family room kind of baby-proofed, and we had the whole room set up to be like a baby jail. Baby jail's the best thing ever. (laughs) She got her knee stuck in one of the baby gates, and she stuck her leg through and then bent her knee, and so she couldn't get it out. And she started crying and saying how it hurt. And I said, could you go help her? And he looked over and said, oh, she's fine. And so I had to stop what I was doing and get my hands all cleaned off and go over and straighten out her leg and help her get her leg out. Mm. And he just sat there on the couch and let her let her do what she was going to do. 
the moment he knew his child was in pain and he did fucking nothing with a minute, I began to hate him. Yeah, that was pretty much it for me, too. Those two episodes were pretty much it. And I guess the nail in the coffin really was when I did find out that I had cancer. Yeah. um, I came home and I was devastated and I was really upset. And he he wasn't quite he wasn't home yet. And when he did come home, I said to him, I found out today that I have cancer. And he said, just a minute, I have to go to the bathroom. And he went to the bathroom and he came out of the bathroom and he said, what are you going to do? Which, what the fuck? That's he didn't not say, right. He didn't say, what are we going to do? He didn't say, don't worry, baby, we're going to get through this together. It's going to be okay. Nothing. What yeah. are you going to do? Complete and utter assholeness. And at that point, I knew our marriage was over. So I started working with a lawyer, getting all my papers in order, getting ready to file as soon as I could. We were actually had a visit to his parents planned in the very near future. So had to wait until that was done. And as soon as we got home, I had my attorney file the papers and I told him the next day. By the way, here's what you need to know. Yeah. We had the best fucking attorney, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Oh, my gosh. I'm still using him because we're going through child support battles right now. Awesome. Oh, you'll be so happy when Millie reaches 18 because I've had one email exchange since Nita turned 18, and it's been awesome. Cannot wait. Five more years. Five more years. You can do it. Um, (sighs) But damn, he's, I, that just, so that was the breaking point for you. I'll, I'm going to throw out the breaking point for me. I'm going to throw out the breaking point for me. So if you don't mind. No, do it. I'm done. Okay. Your turn. The breaking point for me is I told douchebag, you get three more chances because he was massively drinking. I mean, I'd like, I, I had to call my brother-in-law once to go over while I was on an out-of-town trip and um, my brother-in-law showed up and douchebag was passed out in the kitchen floor and Nina was sitting there as an infant crying next to him because she couldn't rouse him. I mean, it was, it was bad and brother-in-law did not have a key so he couldn't get in so he just had to pound on the window until he roused douchebag enough to take care of his fucking daughter I mean, it was bad, but sadly the, and I wish that had been the final point for me, but it wasn't because I was like, okay, you know, that could have been a number of things. I wrote off far too much, but the final straw for me was I, I said, okay, three strikes and you're out. If you get drunk off your ass three more times, I'm just done. Every time you get drunk the next three times, I'm going and staying in my sister's basement for a week. The third time I'm not coming back. And, um, the third time hit and I didn't come back and, but I still wasn't convinced I wanted to get divorced. And, um, he's like, I would like a day with Nina. Can I have a day with Nina? I'm like, all right, you can have a day with Nina. So I went back to our old place, fired up the computer to entertain myself while he was out, was futzing around, um, I sent an email message and I was like, shit, I wanted to say more on that. So I went back to the sent email folder and I was going to expand on it. And I saw 
an email that had gone through like one of the internet dating sites. And I'm like, what the hell? And I looked and he had put in an email to someone he met on an internet dating site. Um, I'm getting divorced. I know I'm not going to get custody custody of my daughter, but she's always going to be part of my life. So if you can't handle that, don't message me. And I was like, he's hedging. He's hedging. And that was when I was like, you know what? No, if he has to hedge, if he's so desperate not to be alone, that he has to hedge when he thinks I'm done, even though I said I want to do marriage counseling, I'm fucking out. So, um, yeah. But that was, and he had to, he couldn't understand why I was so mad about it. His mother had to tell him why I was so pissed. (laughs) We did marriage counseling, but we went to the marriage counselor and the guy is like, well, why don't you tell me what you think is wrong? And so I said what I thought was wrong. And he said to stick, well, why don't you tell me what you think is wrong? He's like, nothing. I think everything's fine. And then, so the marriage counselor said to stick, well, then it seems like you've got a lot of work to do. (laughs) And so the marriage counselor basically just wanted to see stick for a while and stick didn't like that and decided he didn't want to go to counseling anymore. Motherfucker. Yeah. I told you about my uh, marriage counseling experience, didn't I? No. It's, it's when I heard the single most hurtful thing I'd ever heard in my life. What was it? Um, I let, I let douchebag pick the counselor because I uh-huh. wanted him to do it on his insurance and not mine. Cause I was already going through therapy on my insurance. Sure. And, um, I don't know how the hell he found his counselor, but we got in and we sat down with this counselor and, um, douchebag said, I'd like to have more children. And I'm like, I don't think we're ready for more children. We have too many issues. And the counselor was all like, well, why don't you want any more children? Maybe that would bring you closer. And I'm like, are you fucking for real? And then my uh, douchebag says, I am going to have children in the next five years. And I would prefer you be their mother. What? And that was the most hurtful thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, we're obviously done. We're fucking done. Oh my God. I know. Isn't that just fucking mess oh up? Oh my Lord. So yours thought everything was perfect and mine was like, I want what I want and fuck you if you don't want it. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Which boils down to the same thing, doesn't it? Both of them were yeah, like, it I does, want what right? I want. Yeah. Both of them were like, it's just fine. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a clear indication there. There's a problem in there. Yeah. If both yeah. people aren't in the marriage going, this is fine. It's good. We're fine. Yeah. We're fine here. How about, how are you? But we have that now, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't say everything's fine, but no, most no. things are fine. And it's, a 70, counts. it's a 70% rule, isn't it? Absolutely. 70% of the time, it's fucking awesome. That makes the other 30% dealable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even that 30%, I would say... Probably 10% of that 30 is okay. Yeah. I don't have, I don't think I have even 20% that's like not okay. Yeah. I mean, 10% of, oh, fucking God, what? <laughs> I know, it's awesome. 
I think a 10%, I think I went 10% of that. 10% of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) I I think that sounds about right. So, which means we got pretty fucking successful marriages now. Absolutely. So it's possible to bounce back. Yeah, it is. It gets better. Like, I think just like when people buy starter homes, you know, you don't really know what you want the first time and and you buy a house and you're like, I really like this house. And then you live in it for a little while and you're like, I wish it didn't have this or I wish this was different. So the next time you go to buy a house, you're like, I'm going to make sure that the things that I didn't like about this house are in this house. The things that I did like about this house are also in this house. Damn good analogy. I like that. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think that's another thing important. The second time you don't, you don't discard everything about the old person. Right. You you retain the things you liked, like the sense of humor. Yeah. Well, like I couldn't be married to somebody who didn't have a sense of humor. I kind of (laughs) was. Yeah, a little bit. Like I can literally remember the funniest thing he ever said. What was that? One day he got out of bed and he stepped on the cat. (laughs) And he, he said, oh, I just patted the cat really hard with my foot. <laughs> it was literally the funniest thing he ever said. <laughs> that, that is pretty dead on for him. Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. He laughed really hard. Yeah. Oh, man, it was funny. I used to remember how he looked at you like, this is the best thing I've ever done. It was. So, <laughs> and it was. That's the part that's, yeah. <laughs> and then later he was like oh this is the best thing i ever undone so i gotta find a substitute you know though i want good things for him i want him to have a happy life and i want him to have i don't want bad things because i want millie to have some place to go and be and <laughs> When she went to his house before he got remarried, I would get calls from him and he would say shit like, I don't know what to do. Millie, this was, she was like four. Millie ran down the hallway and slammed the bathroom door and locked herself in the bathroom. And I'm like, she did what? Oh my gosh. She never has done that in the history of her, like ever, ever at my house, ever. Never once. Never. Ever. Oh, wow. But she did that on regular at his house. And she would have screaming fights with him. Screaming. Even to the point where even after he got married, he and new wife came to our house one time and wanted to talk about Millie's anger issues. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Kid do you have what kid are you talking about? Yeah, like she sh- of family counseling for anger issues. Millie? Yeah. Holy shit, she's the sweetest, most loving kid I've ever met. I can't imagine her ever having No. It's fucked up. What the hell? Like, what are you guys doing at your house? Cause that at all. Dude. And then they would say well, she tells us that she's afraid to get angry at your house. And I'm like, afraid of what? I know. You're the most open person I've ever met. Like, yell at me if you got to. That's okay. (laughs) So I would talk to Millie and she'd say, well, yeah, I'm afraid if I get mad, you're going to get mad at me. I'm like, what would make you think that? Yeah. I never get mad at you. (laughs) I know. 
Wow. So apparently she just has these blow up fits at his house. But I think that has to do with him. I think you're right. Listening. I mean, I think she just loses her shit. Mm. Yeah. So if he just disappeared, I wouldn't be sad. Blah. Yeah, it's it's hard to have an ex that you have to co-parent with, but I think the key is that you have to love your kid more than you hate your ex. Yeah. And if you're a proper mother, you do. If you're a proper really parent, hard. you do. I try really hard to do that, and it's not always easy. And it's not always easy to not throw him under the bus and be like, you realize your dad's trying to pay less money to me for helping take care of you. Yeah. He doesn't want to help take care of you anymore. I know. That is so hard. Yeah. Exes suck. And I've never, ever told her that when I said to him, I want a divorce, the very first thing out of his mouth was, I want the house. Holy shit. Yeah. The very well, first of thing out of my mouth was, I want Millie. If you're a real parent, that's what the first thing. That's what he the first thing is. Because he loves money. That's the other piece of him. Which, is which, money. Everything which, about money. That's just wrong. I did a, I mean, douchebag, The one of the first things he said was he knew he'd never get Nina. So, but he intended yeah. to keep her in his life because, you know. It's like a handbag. It's an accessory. Sure. Well, it's all about how it looks. Exactly. That's what he cares about. That's what they both care about is how it looks to other people. That is exactly. If it didn't look bad to other people, they would have just, bye. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about actual love. It's about self-love and how it looks. And that's sad. That's so sad. I will never understand that. I do believe that Stick loves Millie. The, literally, I believe that he loves her the best he can love anybody. Same. Same with douchebag. But that doesn't mean they're, they have a lot of capacity for love outside themselves. No. No. I don't think so. No. Because I remember when he lost his job the first time, he was really devastated and thought that he, we would lose her. Wow. Yeah. He oh. was really afraid of that. Wow. So I know he loves her. But mm. I don't think he has that deep need that a parent has, you know? Like you and I, and I think T has it, I think John the Brit has it, that need that if you didn't have that little tiny person in your life that you just wouldn't be able to wake up in the morning. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So, cause both, both of our current husbands made it a point to have our children involved in the weddings. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it was huge to them. It was a big part of it for them. Yeah. As I, I, I hate that Nina has reached the point in her life where she realizes where douchebags priorities lie and they yeah. aren't with her. And it's sad for her yeah. because it, at 19, she's had to do a shit to a shit ton of growing up that she shouldn't have had to do yet. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. And it's not fair. 
And Millie's only 13 and she's already having to do it. Yeah. You know, hers kind of comes about in a different way, but we can get into sort of the circumstances of her birth at some point and some of these other pieces. And, and it's just, it's just too bad, but she, uh, she's going to have a lot to deal with as she starts to realize where she falls in the importance of his life. Now this, I mean, no matter what, not everybody has it, which breaks my heart, but everyone should have at least one person in their life who gives them unconditional love. They just, all of our kids have that. I think our kids do, which is good. You know what I just realized? What? And what I think is completely amazing. I think it's awesome. What's that? Both of our exes are a million percent underemployed. <laughs> I do enjoy the fuck out of that. Not going to lie. Especially after so many years of my ex thinking that men should always be the primary breadwinner. And now I know for a fact I make at least six times what he does. <laughs> that makes That's me very so happy. Awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> like, what was that yeah. you were saying again? Fuck you. <laughs> well, I think I only make like double what my ex makes. But the fact that I make double what he makes... Um, and he was not making, he always used to make like three or four times what I made. And so I find that so attractive. You know, that frost is balls. Oh God. I love that story so much. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, mine tried to use it as an excuse to get out of child support, but the judge weren't having that. Mine is too. And that also. Oh, good Lord. Sometimes people suck. Yeah, I make a little over double what my ex makes. Nice. But he used to make like three times what I made. And I, will bet I probably only make actually four to five times as much as my ex makes, but I still yeah. know it. Frosts you, make crazy no end. you make double what I make anyway. I, I, I worked hard to get here and yeah, you I did. did. I'm damn pleased with what I make. You should be damn pleased with what you make. You yeah. earned it. I did, you damn On it. the bacon, fry I it did. up in a pan. And never, ever let you forget your man. You know my favorite version of that song? What? Raquel Welch and Miss Piggy. Oh, okay. On the Muppet Show. That's, I don't even remember that. But that's cool. I do, vividly. I digress. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a real song. I thought it was an Anjali commercial. <laughs> Awesome. They still sell that perfume, I think. Do they? I believe they do. At Walgreens near you? At the Walgreens near me. Nice. And not that I don't love Walgreens, but I ain't buying perfume there. But I will buy all some actually good perfume at Walgreens. Like it's not the kind that I would buy, but yeah, they actually do still sell Anjali and it's expensive. Oh, and they they also sell some damn good um I can't remember the name of it, but it's really good brow gel and eyeliner <laughs> that you can make really good cat eye with. Okay, good. And and Cadbury mini eggs. Oh yeah. And Cadbury caramel eggs. Damn Cadbury. I digress. They should totally sponsor us. I digress should be on the bingo cards too. You I say think that's, a lot. that's your do. other that's one of your other favorite. True story, and I digress. 
Yeah. I used to say, but that's not the point. But then Wayne's World came out and I shortened it. <laughs> uh, that went out. There are people I went to high school with who would go, oh, yeah, she used to say, but that's not the point all the damn time. Thank you, Michael Myers, for helping me shorten that up. Mike, My- <laughs> Mike Myers. Oh, big difference. Not Michael Myers. That was a not different guy. Different he did guy. a different movie. He was in a uh, different show. A <laughs> little different. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, this was kind of a downer episode. I hope people it, still listen after this. I'm sure they will, because I'm sure some people are relating in a lot of ways. Because you know what? Damn it. If you're not in a healthy relationship, get out. Get help. Get out. Get help. Don't, don't stay for the kids. Teach the kids that it's okay to say, this was good at one point. It's no longer serving a good purpose. And yeah. teach the kids that you need to learn how to stand up for yourself. And teach your kids that it's okay to say, I deserve happiness. And this isn't making me happy. And I need to move into something that will. And you know what? Later on, they may affirm you because I remember so many fights douchebag and I used to have. And I remember the point where I was in therapy and going through all kinds of stuff and finally reached a point where I'm like, I am not modeling the behavior for my child. I want to model. And I got out and, you know, and, you know, Nina has told me recently, um, Everyone, when you guys got divorced when I was little, asked me, am I sad? And she, and she even said, I remember you buying me all the divorce books um, and reading them to me as bedtime stories. And she go, and she's like, I always wonder why you bothered because I was so much happier when you left. Because it was, it was better when it was just you and me living together. I was happier because you didn't fight anymore. And that made me happy. Yeah. So, there's a life lesson for you. If you're staying for the kids, don't. Don't stay for the kids. They're not going to be happy with that. It's no. just not what you need to do. Right. Happy mom, happy kid. That's right. And you know what? When you pick out, if if you decide to get married again and you pick out a second dad for that kid or a second mom for that kid, I hate to be presumptuous, um, they might be damn happy. Because Nina loves John the Brit so fucking much. Yeah. So, and she did from the minute she met him. So, you never know. So yeah. don't. And don't Lily do loves anything. tea. Oh, she does. And it's so sweet to watch. They're pretty cute together. They play games and they do all kinds of stuff together. And, and she's loved him ever since he came into our life. Yeah. In fact, when she was... Very, very young, and he first came into our life. It was one of the best days ever for me because I finally got to go poop by myself. <laughs> oh, priorities. I know, right? I got to eat warm food again. Oh, <laughs> I got to poop God. by myself. She would just, like, clom onto him when he'd come to visit, and I could just do things by myself. It was amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That's tough. Yeah. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Well, I think we're probably done for tonight. Just remember, we're not trained at any of this stuff. Um, We are simply spewing forth the wisdom that we've gleaned for many years of being unwise. And now we're less unwise. So 
take everything we say with a grain of salt. Maybe put it on the rim of your margarita and enjoy it. <laughs> I like the way you pulled that right back to cocktails. Thank oh, you. Yeah. You're talented. Yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, once again, I am Jillian Farrell. And I am Cheetah Biggs. This is always... Never! Right. <laughs> <laughs>